The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal and they just care. They care about you. They care about me and I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. On with the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Was, uh, <laughs> I was it's like it's like radar. <laughs> okay, be conscious. Focus. But yes. Yeah. Focus. Focus. Okay. Okay. If I do it, just be like. Burp. No, it'll be. I'll be like. Mic up. Mic up. Mic up. Burp. Bye, Max. Bye, Max. And welcome to the Cat and Cloud Podcast. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Coffee Podcast. Let's get something out of the way. There's construction going down underneath the house. I don't know if you can hear it. We can, we hear, can it. hear it. It's very loud. <laughs> it was very unexpected, but it's there, right? It's, yes, it's, it's there. It's just there. Yes. And that's just how it is. Yes. Podcast with augmentation. There's no, there's no <laughs> way we can get around it. It's fine. It is so fine. It's just part of being in a really hip neighborhood. Yeah, heck yeah. New, new urban things That being said, going what's on. going in downstairs? Dude, do you want to know what's going in? Do I? No. <laughs> okay. It's another salon. No. For reference, my building across the street, salon. Downstairs, building next door, salon. Right around the corner, salon. salon. Uh-huh. There's salons coming out of every freaking orifice of Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's going to be even more. <laughs> How many salons? Is it just that simple of a business model? Is there that much demand? Mm, what do you think? This might be a sign of the times. It's who's coming here. It's, oh, people who need salons. Mm-hmm. Mm. I want a barber shop, like a proper one. Hallelujah. You know? Amen. With some good neighborhood Can vibes. Can we have that pole outside? Because every salon that I go to, I feel like I'm not anywhere special. Uh-huh. You know, it's very rare. Mm-hmm. There's a couple people that probably do it right, but mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm in wherever. I agree. I'm not trying to diss those places that I'm not going to say their name of, but that's where I feel like I am. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. I so know what you're talking about. Yeah. I was hoping it was a burger joint. Because <laughs> we need more of those. Here we are again <laughs> at the burger joint. Across the street, burger joint. Burger joint. Down the street, burger, burger joint. joint. <laughs> How many of those burger joints? There's actually one of those burger joints going in where our new store is going to be in Aptos. Oh. Which we went and looked at this morning. Ooh. It's What's gonna, it called? It's going to be a burger joint. Please don't say burger. You know the, uh, it's the other one. Oh. It's the one you're thinking of. Okay. The one that's, <laughs> but it's cool though. No, it's not. It may as well be another salon. You know, what's really cool. What? Is I was in our space mm-hmm. this morning and 
if you're in what's going to be where the people sit and you mm-hmm. look out the front, now there's some construction trailers, uh-huh. but you can actually see the ocean. No. Yeah, it's pretty sick. For real? Because on the left is Cafe Sparrow, and then there's a little blank portion on the right to where it's just this little tiny fence and you can <gasps> see the water. No. Yeah, it's kind of wicked. Whoa. Yeah, it's hot. Wow. Hot times. Oh, I want to be in that corner. Hot times in All the hood. Time. Hey, we got Grace on the podcast. Hi, world. Which you knew already if you were watching this on video, which you can do on the we're YouTube. We're on video? You can go to YouTube or you can go to catandcloud.com. It'll be on the main page there. Okay, no, I didn't know we're on video. No big deal. I'm extra puffy today, guys. <laughs> You're, it's wide angle lens. So you're far enough away to where no one can see all of our imperfections. Because I have the same allergy. And I was in the mirror this morning. I was like, God, I look terrible. Yeah. And <laughs> I, was, I was taking photos last night, too. But, you know, like little snaps and stuff. And I was like, oh, geez. I kept looking back at myself like, oh, I look like a jerk. <laughs> or I just don't, I don't look like the best as I want. Because I'm pretty vain, you know. Yes. It's like, I got to look perfect at all times. <laughs> You're on your own on that one. I don't care. Come on. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Ah. Grace has been heavily requested on the podcast. Oh, nice. It's been cool. People write in a lot. So 30 seconds of background. Uh You are our coordinator in the roastery. Mm -hmm. You take care of, you're like the the head dragon in the roaster. I'm the mama bear, guys. Mama bear. Yeah. Mama bear of of the roastery. (laughs) Yep. You've been with us since the very beginning. Yeah. And you've had no coffee experience prior. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Cool. Just to set the stage. Yeah. Just to set the it's stage. It's been awesome. It's been nuts. So I want to rewind this whole thing Okay. back to that first day where we did those weird group interviews with oh everybody. Oh, my gosh. They weren't weird, by the way. They were awesome. And you came in and you had Steven with you, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Brought your son to the interview? Yeah. Why did you even come? Like, how did you end up there? Actually, it's because of him that I was there, believe it or not. I was on the fence. I had my resume. I knew I wanted to be in, but I was super hesitant. I was like, I'm too old. I have no experience. They're not going to want me. There are all these other awesome, young, hip people. I'm like, I'm not going to fit in. And I was sitting in the car outside. And my son's like, why are you hesitating? And I said, because I'm not sure if I want to do this. I don't know. And he said, well, what do you lose? And I said, uh, nothing. He's nothing. like, well, then why don't you just go in and hand it in? And you never know what's going to happen. I said, you know, you're right. So I did. That's pretty good. It is really good. It's kind of a good way to look at things. He was 10 at the time. He's like seeing the whole thing. Yeah. He's like telling me what I have to tell myself. Yeah. As a grown man to exactly. be like, hey, don't be an idiot. Exactly. It's all going to be fine. And as a child, it just was very simple to him. He's like, what's the big deal? Yeah, I think there's a lesson in there. Mm-hmm. Amen. Like, kids have a lot of stuff that's pretty dialed. They do. Just that, you know, they're so untinkered with in some ways mm-hmm. to where they just see the obvious truth. They're like, mm-hmm. it's, it's worst case scenario, you're just right where you are. Their ego doesn't get in the way yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not proud yet. Yeah. <laughs> so... Why, though, you have a really interesting background yeah. to where you're the last person, I would think, now knowing where you are and what you came from, who would just kind of wander and be like, oh, yeah, I want to work at a coffee shop because you had some heavy schooling. Yeah. So that sounds far-fetched, but 
if you know me growing up, it's not that far-fetched, actually, because there are two great loves of my life. One is people. Right. Second's coffee. Okay. Um, Big-time coffee drinker since I was 14. Like, heavy, committed. I'm a coffee drinker. I'm a coffee addict. Everyone in my family, all of my friends, I get them into coffee because that's how much I loved coffee. How did you get started drinking coffee? Did your family drink coffee? Uh, no. Or you were just doing your own they thing? They drank Hills Brothers coffee, which I don't consider coffee, and the okay. Folgers Instant with the creamer and the sugar. So that's not really coffee. It's like everything's <laughs> dehydrated, powdered coffee. It's coffee-flavored chemicals. Yeah. But that's the coffee I grew up I didn't drink it because I thought it tasted awful. But I went to high school, and in order to survive high school, there's a Starbucks that just opened around the corner. This is when Chicago had only three Starbuckses, so it was early. And that tells you how old I am. That's fair. <laughs> but I thought, oh, this might be good. So I ordered a vanilla latte, and I was hooked. Done. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, damn. I was a mocha I'm saving guy. my money from now on. Mocha Valencia, baby. It was so cool. I loved <laughs> my favorite breakfast was a mocha, like a big-ass one, it, extra hot, <laughs> and a scone. Oh my God, you got the scone. I got the scone. And I like the scone wasn't super sweet. Well, it probably was, but it um, didn't taste sweet to yeah. me then. Because I was like, oh, this is just kind of dry. And Ooh, that sugar. with the chocolate, I was like, yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> so European. This so is what Euro. Europeans do. You're so Euro. <laughs> so Euro. So Metro. So ahead of your time. I was, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I saw the future, basically. Mm, you were ahead of yourself. Yeah. So no, you drank I can see that. Coffee to get through high school. I did, literally. So you've got an intrinsic love for coffee. But when you went to school, you did not go like, I'm going to work at cafes. You were studying, what were you studying? I was studying uh, a humanities mumbo jumbo that I will not try to explain here. Okay. Um, but primarily I was aiming for medical school. Right. So I was trying to be real different by doing a humanities major, being a med school person. And I didn't get in, but that's okay. Was the humanities major, was that to bring some sort of more dynamic human element to something that could be really cut and dry? Not that medical school is cut and dry, but knowing you now, you're such a people person. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't so much that as I was just following what I was really interested in. Okay. Philosophy, sociology, humanities, literature. Like that's where I naturally went. I did the science because I had to. Right. But naturally, I leaned toward those subjects. I loved it. I would do it again. Got you. Mm -hmm. So science was like means to an end. Correct. And you went down this path and you were going to go to medical school. Mm -hmm. Didn't get I in. Was so hardcore. It's like not even funny when I look back. But what's, like, what's the timeline on that? So after high school, mm -hmm. going into, how does it work when you get on that college track? Or uh, day one of college you already look up exactly what you need for medical school. Okay. Like it's that intense and you plan your four years from okay. day one. You've planned it all out. Every semester, every class, you got a checklist. So you went through four full years mm -hmm. just trying to crush for this. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I yeah. bet you were a good student. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Of course I was a good student. Putting in work? <laughs> I'm Asian. I mean, come on. <laughs> We're not allowed a, um, to get a B in our classes. What do they call it? Tiger mom? Yeah. 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 That's the term, right? Yeah, it is yeah. the term. Mm -hmm. It is very accurate. How, yeah. how was that? Intense. But or, I didn't know anything different. 
that's just so where for you me came that's from. just who I was that's just how family is and I didn't know any different so when you decided that okay I'm doing a shot at medical school mm-hmm. but maybe it's not going to be my thing and I'm going to try to work in a cafe Mm-mm. I need to go to another grad school is my thought another grad school uh-huh because Ain't okay to just have a bachelor's degree. Right. Not cool. Not cool. Not from where you come from. Uh-uh. That's like, you're the letdown of the whole yeah. family. <laughs> Especially since I'm the oldest. Oh, so you need to set I the example. I had some pressure to set an example for my siblings who are closely following my heels. Okay. How many, how many siblings? I'm the oldest of four. Four. So me, supposed to be a doctor, lawyer, lawyer computer engineer that's the stack he's been yeah that's the stack he's been building his own computer since he was 13 he had his own business at 16 it was like that that's heavy <laughs> yeah well maybe i'm supposed to be the youngest i don't know about uh, this thing yeah. <laughs> yeah. but i have to say that every time i wanted to focus on my studies meet a friend detox from my life i went to a cafe Right. That's where I went, felt just super comfortable because of coffee, but also the ambiance of the place. I thought, okay, I can just chill here. Did you then, when you were like, okay, I've got my BA, mm-hmm. and then going in to go get your master's, how did that work? What was was it the same field? Mm-mm. Did you switch it up? I switched it up. It's intercultural communication. What does that mean? That means you study how people are different from each other culturally. And then how to like cross cultures. Interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. People who go in that field go into diplomacy. Okay. Um, or conflict resolution. It's like bridging gaps, basically. Totally. All about bridging people gaps. People understanding people from other cultures. Mm-hmm. That, maybe it is, and I'm just so out of whack with it, but that should be like a required class in high school and junior high. Something like that. Especially now, I feel that, yeah. It's so weird to look back on the educational system being the age that we are Mm -hmm. and when we went to high school Mm -hmm. and seeing what we spent time on, at least for me, I'm like, so much of this is not useful and so Mm -hmm. much of this is not preparing me for the world that I'm trying to enter. Mm -hmm. And I had this experience where my wife, Jenny, her, she's really close with her nieces and she sent me a picture because she knows I love to do this. I don't know how old her niece is. This is like, you know, in between that, I'm bad with ages. She's like eight to 11 or something. (laughs) Kids all look the same to me. It's a kid. It's fine. It's either a baby or it kind of walks around. I don't know the difference. This is hilarious. But sent me a screenshot and Lily is her name. And she wrote down her 2018 goals. And like, she's got a list of, it's like eight to 10 goals for the year. And Jenny sent me a picture because she thought I would really like it because I'm all about that. And wow. I was like, whoa. I was like, why did she do that? And it's because, you know, her dad, every year he would write out his goals wow. and they would do it kind of together. And it was just like a thing that the family did. Wow. And I'm just like, how come I was never taught this in school? Yeah. Just little, little tiny things like that of like, oh, this, this could help boost your performance or at least make you aware of things that are going on. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. I mean cross-cultural communication or cultural integration wasn't even a thing that was on the table yeah. when we were in school. Yeah. It was just, yeah. man. Well, Chicago's a little bit different, I think. You probably had more, like, a bigger range of cultures represented than I did, for sure, coming Chicago, from the Central Valley. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was and just even like, just in California, I feel that. Oops. Oops. You're good. <laughs> well, and then pockets of California, I was, I can't, where I came from, it was pretty country. Mm. Okay. There's, there was basically, our cultural representation was like really white, like corn fed okay. folks and really big um, Latino culture. Okay. Like a lot of Mexican influence there. Okay. So it was those two things, but everything else was just kind of like really fringe. Mm. Okay. So yeah. you you went to school. So did you do two more years? I did. In that, mm-hmm. got your master's, mm-hmm. checked it off, mm-hmm. put it in your pocket. <laughs> Actually, it was supposed to lead right into a PhD program. Oh, and but then you pumped the brakes. I did because we moved to Boston, and I was supposed to enter the PhD program there. And once we got there, I thought, I'm really tired of school. <laughs> I'm going to take a break. We just moved, you know, from Chicago to Boston. It's a, it was a big move. And at this time, it's what what's like your family structure looking like? When you say we moved, it was... So um, my parents moved about a year ahead of us. Okay. And then me and my sisters moved within a year after. Gotcha. All of us. Everyone has new jobs, new homes, new schools. It was overwhelming. Full switch. Full on switch. That's pretty heavy. It was heavy. And so then, I thought, I need to take a break from school. I need to like stabilize my family. I need to be here for my kids. So I did. And that is probably a, was that a huge switch for you? Because that's like a different sort of mindset. Am I right? It to, is, but I felt like I was ready because I was burned out from such intense schooling for so long with no break. Was that the first time? I'm really curious. Were you amped on your studies or was it a portion of being amped on your studies plus family and cultural pressure and then when you decided to like I'm going to be here for my family and do this were you at the age where you're like I feel like I could be my own person or was it not like that um it was somewhat like that but actually I think I just it was so obvious to me where I needed to be at the time and I felt like further schooling was not so much for me. It was to fulfill an expectation right. that I should be further schooled, <laughs> that I should do. have more letters after my name. Right. And Boston is actually perfect for that. They love multiple letters They're after pretty your fancy name. Over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talking Ivy League stuff. So I definitely felt like I was letting some of that down, maybe some of myself down by not doing that. But I also felt confident enough at that point that if I wanted to do that later, I totally could. Right. But right now I just needed to be a mom, be a wife, hold it down, you know, taking care of business. Mm -hmm. So Chicago, Boston, Mm -hmm. how does California end up coming into the picture? It's Uh, far away. Apple came a knocking. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that happens to a lot of people these days. That's a that's a pretty fancy company. Yeah. And when they're seeking you, that's that's um it's that's a pretty big very opportunity. Very flattering. Mm-hmm. Right. Cuz they could basically have whoever they want. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so sense. So they said, "Hey, we want you." And my husband at the time said, "Cool. Neat. <laughs> I will be there." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You guys want to come with me? (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, we thought about actually staying in Boston. Oh, really? And he would just commute from California to Boston. Fly every week or something? We didn't know exactly. We knew it'd be travel heavy. We didn't know just how heavy the traveling would be. They lied. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's like (laughs) 
dangling a carrot uh-huh. and then switching they the program a little bit. They said thirty-five percent travel. It was the exact. Flip. It was like seventy percent travel. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. I can never do a job like that. He loves it. That's, if you love it, yeah, I mean, if you love it, like that's the place you want to be. Well, They're I think so people who are green buyers that spend, yeah. you know, more than half the time, and I just couldn't do it, mm-hmm. but. If you love if it, you can do anything. Wired. Yeah. You know that. If yeah. you love it, you can do anything. It's real talk. Yeah. So you ended up landed in Silicon Valley, basically. <sighs> yeah. It's such a huge departure from oh my God. Chicago and oh Boston. Oh, my God. The- both of which I've been to. I don't have a ton of experience with either, but I have been to both. Chicago is one of my favorite cities to visit ever. And the first time I went there, I was like, I could live here if it wasn't so cold. Yeah. Like, I, have, yeah. I, I would consider it yeah. for sure. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah. It's just red. <laughs> so were you just bored when you got here? No, I was in culture shock. Okay. It is the difference between Boston and California. I still don't really have a word for that. It's bigger than the difference between Chicago and Boston. Yeah. In every sense possible sense. The ocean's different. It's just different. The people are different. The air is the sun is a different like intensity. Wavelength. It's different. Was it challenging to integrate into that culture? Heck yeah. Especially where we lived at the time, Cupertino. I was like, where am I? What? Are we in the United States? (laughs) Seriously. As I feel like I'm in another country. It's pretty What is this? Who are these people? What are you doing here? Why are they moving so fast? Slow down. Who are you? (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was rough. Did you have an outlet for making new friends? No. No. I was way too weird for all those people. (laughs) I think I'm way too weird for most people. And I don't think I would have, I would maybe have 1% of the friend group that I have if it wasn't for the coffee shop Mm -hmm. aspect of the Mm -hmm. situation. So everyone that was a friend of mine over there is from a coffee shop over there. That's where I made my friends. Yeah. Because naturally, I went to the cafe. I'm like, this is really weird. I'm not in Kansas anymore. Oh, look, a coffee shop. And I'd go in and it's like, oh, cool, normal people. <laughs> it's such a cool equalizer. It is. They're the best places. It is. It's yeah. like people from all walks of life at all mm-hmm. different income levels. They're mm-hmm. all they're all like the same. They are the same. And they're all there every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It is. I think that gives me a ton of energy around going into the coffee shop. It's just... Same. There's not a lot of places that are like that. And whether they're trying to be or not, there's so many places that are split on just an economic level. They're yeah. catering to like a specific person because of the price range they go in, especially as it gets more and more and more expensive. And yeah. it's just harder to have that range. Agreed. I like that range. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that I don't appreciate the more expensive stuff when I can, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we still don't make a ton of money. And then like also the background where I come from, it's just like, I don't know, I'm a skateboarder. So it's got to be a little rough and tumble sometimes, or it just feels too like it's just too shiny. It's just too shiny. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's too, too perfect. It's too nice. I can't deal with that. That's not how the world is. But we do like nice things. I do like nice things. Yeah, I like you nice especially. Things. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You love things. We're gonna get into that. <laughs> I'll never live that interview question down. Everybody's like. Let me tell you something about Grace. At her interview, she mentioned Tiffany, Tiffany. of all places. And they're like, ew. <laughs> but to be fair, it wasn't. There's so many ways that could go. And it could go like, I like Tiffany because it's just nice. 
But mm. I remember what you said because the thing that you said, it was more about the thought process that they put into everything that they make and that whole experience that mm. tied to mm-hmm. the product. Mm-hmm. And it's not just having a fancy ring. No. It's building that brand, that experience, that relationship. It's the whole kit. It is. And then it how it makes you feel. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's cool. You get a pass. Thanks. <laughs> Don't hate me. No haters. <laughs> <laughs> so you end up in Cupertino, mm-hmm. in the freaking hotbed of where oh the fuck God, am I? Yeah. What the hell's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Did you surf at that point? No. So Were you interested? I didn't know. You didn't know? I. It was just not on my radar. On the East Coast, we don't surf. We kayak. Or you row. Or you fish. You don't surf. Boy, don't. <laughs> it's so interesting. Back For, then. Back then. Back people, then, back then. Back then. I'm going to go kayaking. We've had some epic swells <laughs> lately, so, yeah. For reference, you're, everybody listening, you're kind of, I see you as a cultural beacon of East Side surf culture. Oh, thanks. You know? Thank so you. It's, it's hard for me to imagine you pre-surf. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me to imagine myself pre-surf. I guess it's almost like a Jared Truby story in a way to where everybody sees him as one of the East Side surfer dudes. Still do. But he's mm-hmm. not from that. Right. You know, he right. was just like, he was a land, he was a land lover. Yeah. <laughs> he was a landlocked man. <laughs> so did you start surfing while you still lived in Cupertino? Yeah, we started surfing. I mean, I started surfing. I shouldn't say we, cause it's not we yet, but, um, I started surfing when we went to Maui for the first time and I thought, Oh look, it's a Hawaiian thing. Maybe let me try it once we're here. Can't lose anything by trying it. And I got bitten pretty hard. Yeah. And that's a story for a lot of people as they try it first in Hawaii where the water's clear blue. Perfect. And warm. warm. And the waves aren't so threatening. And then you come here to Santa Cruz and you're like, WTF. I can't see through anything. <laughs> I it just looks like this. green. I'm going to die. So much kelp. <laughs> yeah. This is not cool. Yeah. But actually, this is where I learned to really love it. At Manresa. Okay. Manresa was It was spot. super cold so, and gnarly that day. Were you making those trips down by yourself? Uh-huh. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Every day, drop off the kids at school, drive over 17, get in the water, get out of the water, drive over 17. Hey, kids. Pick them up. <laughs> uh-huh. Man, that's a lot of work. Every day. Mm-hmm. It's far. It is far, but it doesn't feel like far when you know that you're going home. Yeah. And the ocean was, is my home. Right. Yeah. So you were getting that breath of fresh air. Oh my God. That was what kept me alive, quite literally. It's important to have something like that that's like a rock Mm -hmm. for you, especially if you're going through a weird time. It was weird. It's still weird. It's still weird. (laughs) I mean, even just going to a new place is weird, Mm -hmm. let alone anything else that's going on Mm -hmm. with it and having so many responsibilities Mm -hmm. because being who you are and moving there is different from like, I'm 22 and it's just me yeah, and I can basically do whatever I want. Yeah. Cause if I don't do anything, no one else suffers. Exactly. You know? Yeah. No one's looking up for me as like a leader or like mom. Yeah. I had to be mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's heavy. Yeah. I don't know what that feels like. I'm not even going to (laughs) pretend that. (laughs) I don't recommend it. Well, yeah. But you, I mean, you really, you shocked us when you came in. I was like, wow, here's this girl with her, 
with her kid. And Steven is funny as hell. <laughs> he is. Cause me in that situation, you know, if my mom was going to a job interview, I would be sitting in a car, like <laughs> drawing a picture or sitting in the corner. Yeah. And he just walks up to everybody and he's kind of like, what's going on? He loves people like his mom. He really does. He re- he's fearless. And then when we first opened, I remember he would kind of walk in the back of the restaurant yeah. and he's just like, can I put stickers on yeah. bags? Can I work like, here? Can I hang out? <laughs> Who needs school? I want to work at the roastery, like, mom. Yeah, dude, come kick it. Yeah, I'm so, like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was. I see that as brave. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe it's just a people person kind of thing. It is who he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for me, that'd be super scary. So how? You, now we're kind of caught up to you're in town. Mm-hmm. How did you end up there? Like, how did? Where did you see that there was going to be a thing? So the first time I came here, when I first started surfing. I set foot on this side of town almost by accident. I mean, I was looking for a coffee shop. That's kind of how I do it, right? Everywhere right. I go, I look for the coffee shop, the Verve on you find 41st. The hub. Yeah. And I came here and it was like stepping in the ocean. It's like I'm home. It just it was effortless. It I didn't require any thought, it didn't require any effort. It's like I'm home. And as I got in the water, I got to know people and they just took me in like family. It's amazing. I love this community so much. It's the best. Yeah. It's they didn't care amazing. who I was, where I was from. They just saw who I was in the water and they're like, cool. We like you. You're in such a good feeling. Yeah. 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 There's something magical about this part of town. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. And like you had this experience in the water and I don't surf, but I just feel so cozy. Yeah. Right around here. Yeah. And whenever I come home from anywhere, I just feel like I'm, back and I'm psyched to be here. Yes, absolutely. And you can just breathe. It's comfort plus. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is. I think it's a combination of like, everyone's generally got a really awesome attitude. Mm -hmm. I can smell the water. I Mm -hmm. can hear the seagulls, the skate shops here, the Mm -hmm. coffee's here. There's Mm -hmm. like this weird little bustling micro community and it's not flashy. Mm -mm. It's not, you know, even the people that are millionaires aren't looking like, right? you know, driving right. Ferraris and being jerks. Yeah. Not that if you drive Ferrari, you're a jerk. I would gladly take one. Thank you. <laughs> it's not that flashy money, though. And I lo- there's something cool about that. Absolutely. I think that's what attracted me to the place, too. I felt the people here were just super authentic. And I missed that in the Valley. Like, I'm not hating on the Valley or anything. It's just a different show. My experience in the valley was almost the exact opposite. It's like, is there anybody real here? And in order to find real people, I went to the coffee shop. Yep. Gotta go to the coffee shop. (laughs) So did someone tell you about us or did you? Yes. Who was it? It was TK. No way. Heck yeah. Oh, no way. My Korean brother from another mother. Oh my gosh. Everyone thinks we're related. Seriously? Yes, because we're both brown. We're both Asian and we longboard at the same spots and everyone thought we're related for sure. That's so funny. Yeah, it is funny. That's hilarious. He's awesome. He was, he is one of my favorite people to this day. He's a friendly, he's like friendly grumpy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He has really bad allergies too, he's, by he's the way. He's got this like serious vibe about him. But when he's bright and shiny, he's like so bright and shiny. And he is a rad surfer. He's like a conduit. Because that's mm-hmm. how Steph Blenderman ended up working for us too. Whoa. Yeah. So okay. 
right out here when I was looking at moving in this building, right when we were getting open, he was sitting across the street at Verve with Stephanie. Oh my gosh. And I like skated by and he waved and I went over and I talked to them for like 30 seconds. And that's how that oh my gosh. ended up becoming a thing. Wow. Just keep sending them, TK. <laughs> Thanks, TK. Thanks, TK. <laughs> keep cranking that out. Yeah. I mean, his, the way he talked about you guys, I thought, oh, I've got to check these people out. If, I mean, if he's recommending them like that, it's like, I have to check them out. And I did. I looked you up online. I'm like, whoa. Girl, what's this? These are some really cool guys. <laughs> Seriously. And I didn't know you at all. And I didn't judge you by your picture. It was just what he said. And then what you guys wrote. I'm like, wow, like, I want to be a part of that. How did it feel when you got there? Like you said, you're like, okay, I'm a little bit older. Uh-huh. A I've lot older. Well, <laughs> You were a lot older than most people there. Could be your mom. Not my mom. <laughs> Not yours, but, but a lot of half those people. people there. <laughs> like my daughter's your age. <laughs> hey everybody. And we had the group the group interview yeah. format, the group yeah. activity format. Yeah. Was that pretty natural for you? It did feel natural for me because again, yeah. I'm a people person. So I love bouncing off of other people's energy. And I didn't feel like, oh, it's all about me or I'm under pressure to say something witty or something cool. It was just like, oh, let me see what other people are saying. Let me hear what they're about. I thought that was neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just plug into the group and yeah. make everybody else shine yeah. a little brighter. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was fun. Man, when you left, what were you thinking? I'm so curious. Um, I think I remember feeling pretty good. Like, oh, that was a neat like experience. I just felt very natural about it. And then part of me thought, well, what if they don't want me? Seriously. Just one little, like one little second of, well, they might not want you. Look at all the rad people who were there. They're all so young and shiny. Like, why would they want you? And then I thought, well, oh, well, like Stefan said, I don't lose anything. You know, I, I gained just by giving it a go. And I thought, okay, if they're interested, they'll call me back. And we called you back. Yeah, you did. But it was the day after you called Natalie. <laughs> How do you know this? Because <laughs> that day that I met Natalie, we just connected. And she said, you have to promise me. Here's my number. You have to promise me. If you get a call, you're going to call me right away. No. And I said, okay, shit. well, if you get a call, you have to tell me right away. Oh, so she called you. She called me. And, and I'm like, like shit. oh, man. Am I out? Oh, man, I'm out. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, I'm out. Oh, hell no. That's so <laughs> I funny. Did. And then I went over to Companion because I wanted to try the coffee, like at the pop-up, right? And then Jared's like, oh, yeah, you know, we meant to call you. Hey, can you come in next week? I'm like, oh, my God. So I was trying to be all cool about it, but I was like screaming inside yeah, sure. and you guys were at the bar and I was like, okay, be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> you and Natalie, you're on completely other ends of the spectrum because she was right out of high school. At the I time. know. And just moved yeah. from Boulder. Yeah. Like three weeks prior. Oh, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that you mm-hmm. had that little, mm-hmm. little agreement. Oh, we connected. Okay. We shared a bagel, man. It oh, got, shit. it got deep really fast. <laughs> Take it straight to bagel level. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man, that was a, that was such a weird time. Yeah, I, I trip out on that. I know. I trip out on that so hard. I, now knowing you, I'm not actually surprised that you two connected. Okay. You yeah. Know, it's yeah. not. It's not surprising, but 
at the time, I, if you would have told me that, I'd be like, what? Yeah, really? I think she was the youngest person there. She was. And I was the oldest sure. person there. And we just, there was something. The only person I think that was younger was Alyssa was there at the time. She was? I'm pretty sure. Unless I I'm totally making this up. I remember seeing her. Maybe I'm making it up. Or maybe it was Mike talked to her, talked to us about her. Yeah, I and she had like zero availability. I think okay. she might have popped by. Okay. I think she was there. Okay. I could be a liar though. I'll check <laughs> in on it. I'll check in on okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, getting you was awesome. We had such an, a random group of people mm -hmm. that were just really, really friendly. You being probably the most friendly mm. of all of them. And it was cool to have you because in the way that you're a mom in mm -hmm. real life, mm -hmm. you were also a mom on the floor. I was trying not to be, but it would just come out sometimes. Well, I, I feel like it's not even in a necessary, like, like there's one level of taking care of people, mm -hmm. but to have someone who is comfortable enough in their own skin, yeah. really good with people, like yeah. super confident because yeah. you're just, you know, you are who you are. You've got me. X amount of life experience mm -hmm. and you're just like, I know who I am and that's that's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. the ability to have someone walk through the door and you can just be like, hey, what's up? And feel really good about it. Yeah. Contrasted with someone who's maybe a little bit younger, maybe right out of high school. Mm. They're just like a little bit not sure okay. of what's the real social etiquette? What am I supposed to do? Maybe I've had some weird jobs mm. where this isn't mm -hmm. the norm. Mm -hmm. How do I act? So was, yeah. yeah, it was nice to have you on the floor. At I that think time. what I remember from that time, Chris, and what still comes back to me now is how you guys got us together, the group of us together. Something about the way you picked everybody to me was a little bit magical and a little bit obvious because we were, we shared the values with you guys. But I think that group of people and still the group of people that I work with today is super, super special. You don't see that everywhere. It's hard. You actually don't see that in a lot of places at all. No, that's one of Jared's special gifts, I think, is his ability to kind of see how that's going to work mm. well and how people will mesh together. Yeah, I feel super, super lucky Aww. to be a part of that. And then I mean it and like genuinely just as a person to another person. These are all my coworkers, but as people, I have so much respect and affection for them, just who they are. Yeah. And oh, the man. fact that we get to work together, it's like why I come to work. It's pretty amazing. It really is. It's cool to see. It's yeah. cool to see it be its own thing now. Yes. It's, it's, it's like so crazy to yeah. not have to, you know, you don't have to tweak it all the time. Exactly. It's it's almost like this thing that you, you start it and you get it spinning. Yeah. And then it's like this weird perpetual motion to where yes. it's just like, going it has its own momentum it has its own energy and the energy fluctuates but it really like carries all of us it's amazing oh. yeah i it, every day is super special with those people i mean it that's so cool to hear yeah it's everybody has a different take on it too yeah. and describes it differently yeah yeah it's cool to hear how yeah. you describe it yeah so you're on the floor now drinking yeah. coffee <laughs> doing the thing uh-huh stuck on the register yeah well i don't in, even like to in your sweet Use spot. those words, actually, what? stuck on the register. I mean, that may be one way of looking at it. For, for me, it's like, well, I'm, I'm who they see when they walk in. Like, I want to be there when they walk in. I mean, it was amazing. 
It was great. Yeah. It was, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And as you had kind of become this like cultural mainstay in the water mm-hmm. and cause people, by the time you came here, mm-hmm. you know, if you're listening to the timeline, it kind of sounds like, okay, I moved here. I moved here. Then I moved to California. Then I started surfing. Yeah. But at the time that you got hired, like yeah. everybody in the neighborhood that we came across knew who you were. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's no bullshit. I'll get it was around. Like, it was like, oh, I'm like, apparently everybody knows who this girl is. I, <laughs> I'm like somehow out of the loop on this one. And we're like, oh, yeah, Grace is great. Oh, yeah, Grace. Yeah. You know, it's like, Tim, great. Everybody who's, I'm just like, oh, you no, yeah, okay, cool. I'll just be here late to the party, not yeah. knowing what's going on. I love people. And again, that was really, that was really valuable just to the business as a whole mm. and and the culture of the the community that the coffee shop creates because there were a certain number of people who knew who Jared and I were from the mm. neighborhood in yeah. years past and then there's like a whole different crew I met a lot of new people yeah which is something that I think about a lot cuz people are like is it weird to open a coffee shop next to another coffee shop mm-hmm. and it's really not because for mm-hmm. whatever reason whatever energy that coffee shop creates different people come out of the woodworks it's true Right. And as someone who's worked on the east side for years, I've mm-hmm. met so many new people mm-hmm. at Cat and Cloud, mm-hmm. which is wild. Yeah, right? It's nuts. Yeah. Just trip out on that for like 30 seconds. Yeah. What made you, like being in the cafe, how, how did that feel? So you got over the hump of, cool, I'm a little bit older than everybody. Yeah. I'm in a different life position. Yeah. Now I'm part of the team. Yeah. What was it like to come to work every day for you? So the whole age and life experience thing um, just was not an issue for me. Once we started working together, it's like, I'm a person with these people. Like, that's all I saw. And actually, t- I still call them my family because that's how it felt. It's like I'm coming to work with my family. And it's a family that I chose, so I think they're all really cool. Um, but coming to work, like, I just looked forward to it. I knew every day I'm going to learn something that I didn't know before. I knew it. I was so confident when I woke up. It's like, I'm going to learn something new today. I just know it. I'm going to meet someone new. I'm going to get to like introduce us, my family, to someone new. It was so exciting. It was super exciting. How long did it take before you got bitten by the, I want to roast the coffee bug? Oh, that was from the beginning. I was bitten from the beginning. I saw that as part of my coffee experience and growth. I knew this was a stepping stone, like starting in the cafe behind the register, then learning to make the coffee, then learning to roast the coffee. To me, it was all one big picture, but in progression. We didn't touch on this, but you're a proficient baker. I love baking. And we're known for bringing treats to (laughs) some of the original meetings and gatherings. (laughs) Yeah, I stopped that. Because I realized this crowd does not really want refined sugar. <laughs> they want dried mangoes. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> the sentiment was appreciated, though. I know it was. Yeah, it blew everyone's mind. I know it was. Was and there a connection between that um, culinary, I love to bake things, create things, mm-hmm. and uh, the desire to roast coffee? For sure. And when I first started roasting coffee, that's part of what helped me feel um, not so much natural about roasting coffee, but ease into it. Because it's like, oh, 
It's like baking, but in a spinning oven. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. It is. It's, yeah. There was that, um, I think I told this story before, but one of the legendary tales from one of Stumptown's past was that Dwayne, who started the company, Mm -hmm. ended up being at a barbecue with someone who was cooking the steaks for that barbecue who ended up being their first roaster. And he just Whoa. saw like how he controlled the flame and like the time. And it's like, yeah, you should roast coffee. For yeah. Me. Yeah. You definitely gain some sort of intuition about the effects of heat on yeah. something. That was hard for me to deal with at first because I never baked anything and mm-hmm. I'm not a good cook at all. Like I can run and gun and do my own functional food. I guess yeah. you'd call yeah. it. Yeah, You make really good salad, but yeah, my salad game's on point. <laughs> I never cooked anything. Uh, and it was really unnatural for me to be in front of the roaster and figure out, I'm like, okay, it's big ass flame. Mm-hmm. And I can turn it up or down mm-hmm. and I can like pump different amounts of air through mm-hmm. here. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. 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 It, yeah. Although so, like coffee beans are not the same thing as like flour, sugar and water. No. But chemistry of things definitely to me still applies. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just being something comfortable with that transformation process mm-hmm. which i have never i wasn't comfortable with that transformation mm, process okay you yeah, know that's fair the only transformation i was comfortable with was pumping hot water through like ground coffee like I, I could deal with that okay and i felt i was really stressed out too okay about the idea of making things that everyone's gonna drink that's true in the sense of if i pull a bad shot of espresso mm-hmm that one person gets a bad shot of espresso. Okay. If I roast a bad batch of coffee, yeah, everybody drinks that coffee. It's true. It got, it's so... But you know, I had the exact opposite experience. Somehow I felt comfortable roasting the coffee and I didn't think too much that I might mess it up for a whole lot of people. But being at the bar, I was freaking out. It's interesting. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm going to let this person down. This is a less than perfect shot. Oh my God, my latte art is not up to par. Like, oh. Do you, f- <laughs> Do you find it more natural to be in the roastery or on bar or is it a split for you? I find it a lot more natural to be in the roastery and being behind the counter. Bar does not feel natural to me. Okay. That is really hard for Sorry. me. <laughs> <laughs> it's super hard for me on bar because it's very technical. Mm. And I think I quietly freak out when it's a technical thing. Do you think that there's, is it technicality plus the pressure that comes along with the speed? Yes. Because coffee roasting is kind of, it's happening at its own rate in a sense in some sense there's a part of it that i have no control over and i think that gives me almost it almost helps me relax yeah and do a better job of controlling what i can control but the bar is speed that's interesting yeah because you can't rush through the batch no you can't you have to you'll kill it if you yeah (laughs) you have to let it happen Uh so whereas you can try to put pressure on yourself to rush through a line or to rush through some drinks Mm -hmm. for sure and just the pressure of, I know what this person wants. I know what they're looking for in their drink. And I feel like I need to deliver it now, like perfectly the first time, like no second tries. <laughs> that's all internal pressure. Which, you guys yeah. never, ever pressured us that way. No. I mean, that's real. That's just because you care about quality. I think so. And you know how it feels. I mean, well, you know how it feels to get a crappy drink. 
It's yes. the thing that starts your day off. Absolutely. It's the first thing you do. You're like, I'm yeah. going to the cafe. I'm going to get a, oh. Yeah. That's not great. I don't <laughs> yeah. like that at all. This sucks. This is a cool. <laughs> well, I'll yeah. see you tomorrow. Or yeah. Not. Yeah. What, what was the biggest challenge going in to roast coffee? Ooh. Hmm. I think just learning about the coffee bean, actually. It was just a lot of ignorance on my part about different varieties of coffee and how they need different roasts and feeling like, how am I gonna learn this? I need to read a book, I need to take a class. Like that's how I've learned a lot of things before. I default to the nerd method, which is to take a class, get a degree in it, right? Give me the info. (laughs) And then go out into industry and then practice it. And I felt a little bit underprepared in that I didn't have all that book knowledge. But you told me that I will forget about 50% of everything you say, and that's okay. Yeah. But that there, if, as you do it, you will learn it if you're paying attention. Right. And you did really, really well. And I think it was cool to hang out with, I don't know what it was, but to teach you, because so teaching roasting is a whole different thing. Uh-huh. And I had had a ton of experience teaching espresso and teaching coffee. And there were only a handful of people that I'd really tried this, you know, okay, we're going to teach, I'm going to teach you how to roast coffee. Okay. And I think you were probably the first one to where I was like, I think I can kind of bucket this in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Because I remember we took it in very small, like, deliberate steps. Mm -hmm. I remember saying, like, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff. You're not going to remember it. That's okay. We're going to focus on this thing, Uh and that's all we're going to care about today. Yeah, yeah. And it's so hard to do Mm -hmm. because you know that there's all this other information out there. Absolutely. But to be actively ignoring something is sometimes the best thing that you can do. Yeah. Because your brain's going to just be fried if you're, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's that whole separate element of you can teach someone theory all day. Mm -hmm. But if they don't have mastery over the machine, Mm -hmm. you can't apply it. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not able to control that flame and know what's going to happen when you hit this airflow and know how batch turnaround works and recovery, it's just, it's almost useless. Right, right. And that takes a little getting used to. Right. So I remember that day I could not for the life of me hit that afterburner switch at 285. 285. <laughs> we had a post-it note on it. It's still on there. 285. It's still on there as like a memento of that day and that time when that was the one thing you asked me to do and I couldn't do it. We should make a 285 shirt. <laughs> For those in the know. Yeah. That, I mean... And it's just the easiest thing. It's there, 285. Flip the freaking switch up. It's not hard. It's not hard, <laughs> I but it's do it. dude, it's overwhelming. I mean, because I remember there were times when I was trying to get a handle on everything, and I can't remember how many times that I was just so focused on whatever it was that I would just I would drop batches into <laughs> cooling trays that weren't on, and I'd just be like looking at the thing, looking at the coffee <laughs> and like literally staring at the coffee come out into like a cooling tray that's not spinning and just looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me like three seconds to figure out like, oh shit, <laughs> turn this on. That is so real. Because it's, oh my gosh. especially when you're new mm-hmm. and at the end of the roast, it's, 
it, it's something that looks so passive, mm-hmm. but it's not. Yeah. Someone told me the other day, looking through the window, it's like you're doing a ballet. And I said, why, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that's how smooth it looks I'm on the it outside. Because <laughs> it's not always that way in here. <laughs> how long did it take before you felt like you have really had control? Maybe after a month. Yeah. But I was roasting a lot because I remember the week after you taught me, you had to go somewhere. I'm forgetting where. And was I was in charge of, I think it was on Marzoko. And I was in charge of roasting all the coffee <laughs> while you were yeah. gone. I'm like, <gasps> deep breath. He taught me everything I need to know. Just keep my eyes and ears open. Remember what he said. And it was okay. And after that, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to be able to do this. I remember you used to check in with me a lot. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, let's talk about this. Okay, let's talk about this. Talk yeah. about this. Does yeah. it taste good? Does yeah. it taste good? Does it taste good? <laughs> and it was this process where like one thing at a time, it's like, you actually fully understand this. Yeah. And you run with it. You know what helped me so much, Chris, which is something that I try very intentionally to impart to whoever I teach now is your confidence in me. That helped me say, he's not worried. I don't need to worry. And if I worry, that part of my brain is now unavailable to focus on what I really need to focus on. That helped probably more than anything. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Oh my God, that's a gift. It's one of the hardest things to teach teachers or let people know. It's that the people that you're teaching need to feel like they're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And they should be doing a good job Mm -hmm. if you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. And if you consistently have students that don't feel empowered and mm-hmm. don't feel like they can grasp everything, mm-hmm. then you need to look at yourself and be like, well, what am I doing wrong? Like, what, yeah. what am I missing? And yeah. sometimes it's not even intentional. It's just like, I'm teaching you things. You're getting it. And that's great. But, mm-hmm. but that reinforcement is so necessary because that's when you start to feel like an expert Yeah, and start to build your own level of confidence yeah. and to feel like, okay, I can be my own person. Now. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's your approach to coffee for all of us. And I so appreciated that about you and Jared and Chuck, that we were a motley crew of people. Some of us knew coffee. A lot of us didn't. But you didn't make us feel like we were dumb for not knowing, right? Yeah. What a bar is, I mean, I, what a group head is. Like you went down to the absolute basics, and but you never once made me feel like, oh, I'm such a loser. I don't know this already. That's you know? good. Yeah. That's a years of trial and error on my part for sure okay because i definitely had a lot of trainings back in the day okay where i did not have that attitude okay and i know looking back on it now that the people that i was trying to educate suffered Mm. so it's like okay always honing and always tweaking yeah the hardest part i think is to be honest with yourself and Mm. Because me, I would be really proud about something. Okay. Be like, this is the way we're going to do it because this is the best way. And it's hard for me to admit that what I was doing maybe wasn't working as well as it could have. Mm, okay. And switching up my own game and being like, actually, I need to rethink the way I do this. Yeah. But now it's like one of my biggest passions. It's like, how do I figure out how to make things as simple and effective as possible so people can feel as good as possible yes. in the shortest amount of time? Yes. And own it. And I think that paid off with us here because we needed that 
in so yeah. many ways too. Yeah. It was like we had all these really great people and a mm-hmm. lot of them had never made coffee before. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> we got to get these people cracking real quick. Which that is, I mean, that for me was a game changer in roasting. Because it was authentic on your part. I knew you weren't faking it or just trying to make me feel better. I felt that. Like you trusted me. And I was like, okay, then I got this. We're going for it. Yeah, we're going. Who was the first person that you taught the ropes, roasting-wise? I think it was Rachel, Sarah, and Jen. All all at at once. (laughs) It's fine. No, no biggie. No big deal. I'll just teach three people how to roast simultaneously. But then I worked with them one-on-one after that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And they're cranking it out. They're awesome. I mean... I'm so proud of them. Rachel. We miss you, Rachel. We miss you, Rachel. I saw Rachel at the gym. Rachel, I'm still... We're going to have a jump rope off. Whoa. She had a jump rope. And I was like, you got a jump rope? I got a jump rope, too. I'm trying to learn. Oh, dang. And I'm like, three weeks. Oh, Three weeks. We're going to go head to head. Oh, my God. (laughs) She's gonna wow. kick your butt. Uh, she probably will. <laughs> Sorry. She's in the gym all that's the time. The truth. She's in the gym like on the regular. I'm like, you're always here. That's so awesome. I'm trying to be the hardest worker. <laughs> you're making me look bad. She's rowing. You gotta want it more. She's doing cardio. Yeah. She's making friends. I'm yeah. just like, fuck. I know. Here by myself. <laughs> Putting in 75%. <laughs> Yeah, you got to want it more. I know. I know. But yeah, so three people yeah. all at once. Yeah. How did that feel? Overwhelming. Yeah. I wished that I could just kind of take my brain and like leech it onto their brain and just let them learn like osmotically, but I knew that that wouldn't happen. Were people picking up different things at mm-hmm. different times and for sure. different strong points? That was the biggest learning curve for me is learning well, I already knew it in my head, but then experiencing it directly in real time that different people learn differently. That's such an obvious thing, right? It's like lesson number one, if you ever want to teach anyone anything. But seeing how differently each of them received the same thing that I said was itself so instructive for me. It's obvious, but it's not. I, I, that was a revelation to me, even though it seems obvious now. Mm. And I don't know if that's a leftover from when I was in school and it was like, this is how we teach. Okay. If you do really well, yeah. you're smart. Yeah. If you can't thrive in this environment, you're just stupid. Right. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. Yeah. It's not us. Yeah. It's just you. Right. And we know now that that's not true. Right. And yeah, so I don't know. I struggled yeah. with that for a while too. Yeah. So that really helped me to think about what it is that I'm saying and why I'm saying the things that I'm saying. And just to be more intentional about it, as I learn people's different learning style, I approach the same subject just a little bit differently. Or maybe I'll choose my words differently. Or maybe I'll even choose how many things we learn in a day differently. That's a very powerful technique and thing to to realize. And it's just, it's selfless education because mm. a lot of education can tend to be selfish. Yeah. I'm the teacher. I know everything. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. It's so not about you at all. Yeah. And I think it helps me to remember that even though I've been roasting for a little bit, relatively speaking, I'm still the noob, you know, and I'm still learning 
about coffee, about roasting. There's so much more to learn and I will learn. I'm confident of that, but I'm not in a position to somehow feel that I'm superior in any way. Which is good. It's a great attitude to have. You know, I mean, I'm learning as they're learning is how I see it. Teaching is the best learning. Yeah. I mean, when I teach, I think it forces me to think about things that I take for granted a little more critically. Yeah. And I have these sure. huge growth spurts whenever I for sure. try to teach someone else. For sure. So I can't imagine you with those three people. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> probably came out the other end of that a whole different roaster. I would like to think so. I mean, I feel like you definitely have more swag mm. after that mm. mm-hmm. in terms of just, it's just little things like the mm. way you speak about the coffee. Yeah. When we cup. Yeah. To where, like the El Salvador. Oh my gosh, yeah. To where, like months ago, you'd been like, what do you think about that? And I would have told you. Yeah. And you'd have been like, okay. And then (laughs) the other day, you're like, what do you think about that? And I'm like, I don't know. It's uh, here or there. And you're all, really? It's the same as last time. And you said this last time. (laughs) Calling you out. I ran the same line. Like, so what's the deal here? And I think that's awesome. You know, (laughs) that just shows it's like, yeah, okay, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Like we're going to talk about this. Okay. You know, I'm not just, I'm not going to take your word for it. Like we're engaging. And that's awesome. That's so good. Okay. You know, cuz you don't want a drone person. No, it's you true. Know, you need a critical thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're going to be a department leader, which mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. And now you're ultra head honcho with Chuck Chuck's gone for a <laughs> I'm Chuck. You are the Chuck. You have to be she Chuck. You have to be yourself and Chuck at the same time. <laughs> Who can do that? Yeah, yeah, I can. Who needs Chuck anyway? What do you think is? I'm just gonna keep pulling this. Sorry. No, you, I think you come into it more. Okay. I'm just scared that you might be scooting yourself Falling out back. of frame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Hardest, hardest part about being the coordinator in the roastery. You've got a small group of people that really look up to you. What's the most challenging thing about the job there? All the moving parts. Holding it in all together. And that includes all the the merch that comes in and out, the coffee that comes in and out, the people that come in and out, the people who are working there. Um, keeping up the the flow, but also the morale. I think it's hard back there. It's a, it's a different sort of environment, even though we're, we're part of the same building, we're in the same family, but it somehow feels a little different back there than up front. I think our customer interactions are of a different nature by necessity, and that's okay. That comes with the job. But um, these all the people that work back there also work up front, where they right. have that direct customer inter- engagement all day. And their tasks are maybe a little more, I don't even know how to put it, like a little more contained, self-contained throughout the day. But I feel like back there, things are very dynamic all the time. There's some of that that's probably due to the the nature of the work is really big. It's not just roasting. It's roasting, packing, shipping, inventory management. You sell to the cafe. You sell to the customers. Yeah. And then the space is almost this modular thing to where everything that you need is never in there all at one time. Correct. Because it's so tiny. Correct. 
But as someone who's trying to coordinate all that, it's holding all of that at once that I find the most challenging. And because I, at the end of the day, I care so much about the people receiving the coffee and also the people packaging the coffee, I really want everyone to be happy at the end of the day. And that's a burden I put on myself. And that's, you know, I, I own it, but it that makes it a little harder for me sometimes. Did Alex show you the invoice that's in the bathroom at Minotti's? Yeah. I love it when people keep our invoices. People love them. It's, it's why amazing. we keep drawing it's on the them. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, I it's love so it. It's so tempting to give that up, that one detail, because you think, I can gain this many minutes of fulfillment packaging time if I give up drawing. I'm so, I can't tell you how many times I almost wanted to not draw something. I'm right there with you. I, I had those feelings too early on, especially when it was just, we didn't have a lot of human power. And I'm like, man, because you could, you could shave hours off the work week. Seriously. You really can. Really. And there were a few times when I was just like, <laughs> and then I had one experience where we were really behind. It was when we first opened. I don't know what was going on, but it was just, it was chaos. Something happened. And it was chaos. Okay. And I did the worst drawings on that round of invoices that I'd ever done. And I sent them all out and I finished like, you know, an extra half hour earlier than I thought I was going to. Mm -hmm. And then I went home and I felt like shit. Mm. I just didn't feel good mm -hmm. because I think I saw a couple pictures of them and I was like, those just aren't good. Mm. And that's not the customer mm -hmm. experience mm -hmm. that we're trying to create. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm with you on that. It's really, I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I can't. It's my own conscience. It's not you or even our values or any, it's just, I can't work that way. That's not how I am. So if I'm not going to give 200%, it's like I'm in the wrong business, it's, you know? It's one of those um, instances where soul Mm -hmm. And like, like heart and soul kind mm -hmm. of trumps like what actually makes sense. Exactly. Because in the business sense, it would make sense like, okay, cut time, cut labor, and just put the invoices out. Or just write thanks just instead write, of their yeah. name. Yeah. Why do we have to write their name? Right. You know? But it's like, no, you have to. You have to write their yeah. name. Just like in, when you're the facing world. the person in the cafe... It's like saying, I don't care who you are. Here's your coffee. I, I feel that every time I get product from someone that's supposed to be kind of like boutique-y, experiential, yeah. and I get the box, and I'm excited about the box, and I yeah. open it up, and it's just the thing I ordered. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I got screwed. Yeah. Yeah. And the times that I do get it, it's like, thanks, Chris. A little thing. I'm just like, oh, yeah. these people yeah. care. It's a little thing, but it makes you feel so different. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's next level. It is next it is level. It is next level. And that's definitely what I'm about. That's definitely what you guys are about. So I love that, like, it's, like, effortlessly, like, together in that way, you know? Together forever. Yeah. And never to part. <laughs> oh, no. We're, um, we're pushing pretty long over here. Oh, You got to get back to work pretty soon. Yeah. But... I do want to ask you one thing yes. to like close this loop Yes. and advice for someone who's thinking about making a change. They don't know what it is. I just think it's so cool that you were so 
excited about the potential of this culture that revolves mm-hmm. around the cafe. It had mm-hmm. really nothing to do with what you'd been traditionally schooled in. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it on paper, it's like the wrong time for everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. You're like, yes. cool, I'm a mom. I'm on the older end of what's normal. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. what do you say to people who are maybe experiencing that same feelings? Like change, like changes of any kind? Changes of any kind, mm-hmm. yeah. The one thing I said to Caroline the other day is the one thing you can always count on in life is change. And that's something that I think I naively did not know or believe before. I thought that if I did a certain set of things and if I did them correctly, my life would be very predictable, very stable, like I could see what's coming and prepare for it, go through it, be done, ready for the next and life is absolutely not like that. It's more like the ocean. Did you read the, the I Ching? The what? I Ching? No. Book of Change? No. Oh. No, I haven't. Yeah, you should check that out. Okay, I will check it out. Yeah. But I think for me, surfing very much informs the way I think about life. And it sounds cheesy, but life is like that. It's unpredictable. It changes by the hour. And sometimes it can feel that way in the roastery. Sometimes my whole life feels like that. But it's learning to go with what's coming and not resisting it so much. Because if you insist on things going the way you think they should, life will be very, very hard. So I think expect change, first of all. It's not unnatural. It's not weird. It's not bad. It's supposed to happen. And then how you work with that is going to determine how you come out the other side. Skateboarding, if you fight the fall, you're going to break a bone. Yep. You roll with the fall, right? So yep. same thing in surfing, same thing in life, same thing in roasting. Like, this is running really hot. It's like, well, roll with it. That's what the bean needs today. You We're know? going for it. We're going for it. That Kenya wants more heat today. <laughs> it's like, don't fight it. Like... <laughs> What are you going to do? Try to cool it down? No, it's <laughs> it's going to bite you back. I'm killing the flame altogether. It's going to drop the bottom out yeah. of this one. <laughs> that Kenya is going to taste like crap if you do that. So, yeah. That's good knowledge. I guess it's just learning to be flexible is probably the biggest thing that I take away from all the changes I've been through in the last five years. It's been a lot. But um, just learning to go with it and not fight it. Yeah. That go is with the flow. straight knowledge right there. <laughs> well, I speak for everybody on staff when I say that it, we're so stoked to have you. And it's been Thank great you. to have you along for the journey. And it's just one of those things where I couldn't imagine the beginning of this business and this organization without you. It's been awesome on my end and I know it's been awesome for the staff and now you running things in the roastery has just been like another like layer in that and pumps I'm so pumped Chris it means a lot to me that you guys put that trust in me because we are I mean the coffee is such an important part of who we are it's not everything and we're about people but it is important it's important (laughs) the fact that you've entrusted that to us back there all well, of us the team everyone's earned means it. a lot you know yeah I, I see the i see the work mm-hmm. i know sometimes there's a separation and it doesn't feel like some like everybody sees the work that goes mm-hmm. on back there but mm-hmm. 
But we see the work. I know you do. And I then, trust that you do. And the biggest, yeah. the biggest part of it, honestly, is I taste the work mm. every day. Okay. And every time I drink coffee, I know what's going on. Yeah. And I know it's good. And I know that there's like nothing to worry about. Yeah. I know that it's all just like little cheese that's so loud. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that jackhammer <laughs> that's going on right underneath us. We're going to go yell at Nico. But yeah, it's, I mean, you know, and people taste it all over, yeah. all over the country, all over the world. And, yeah. You know? And there's nothing more empowering than being part of a team. Team is the shit. It is. Team. It's not even about me. It's not even just about you. It's like we're part of a team. We all have each other's back. And that, I seriously, there's no substitute for that. There's no knowledge or experience that can substitute for that. It's a Voltron situation. It is. <laughs> you know, fuck with the lion. <laughs> no chance. All right, we're going to wrap this up. This has been the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Special guest, Grace Lee, is the place to be. Yeah. High five on that one. All right, we're out. (laughs) Peace.